Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're joined by Sandra Humbles, Global Head of J&J Learn at Johnson & Johnson. Sandra brings years of experience spearheading learning and development initiatives across Johnson & Johnson's massive workforce, and we've brought her on today to discuss some of the trends she's seeing in the realm of upskilling and workplace education, as well as the value in shifting a learning and development approach toward a more employee-focused model. Sandra, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Well, Josh, I just couldn't be happier to be with you today, and um, you know, just so nice to be spending this time with you. Well, it's very kind, and we're excited to have you on. So again, thank you for your time, and thanks for joining. So Sandra, before we jump into all the great work you're doing in the learning and development space and providing some great advice for our listeners in the HR audience, we want to learn more about you. And if you don't mind, could you tell us more about how you got your start in a career in learning and development? Walk us through your career path and just tell us about your journey a bit. Yeah, I'd love to share that. And uh, actually, it started at a very, very early age for me. And my passion for sciences, you know, biology and chemistry. And, you know, my degree was in uh, biomedical sciences and, and specifically in microbiology. So that took me on a journey very early on into um, pioneering development and manufacturing of HIV diagnostic kits. And this was when, you know, HIV was very early. And so, at that time, just making a difference for those who you know, really needed you in a time of, of biggest need. I was there for a few years and then I started saying, you know what, I already know what my purpose is, is to make a difference to people. And you know, with that, I started looking for a company that had really strong core values, putting the patient and safety at the center of everything they did. And, and probably no surprise, that led me to, to Johnson & Johnson. And uh, I've had the privilege of actually being part of this organization for over 30 years. You know, the first 15 to 20, I, was, um, I held various uh, business positions, sales, marketing, strategic planning, strategic support for our company group chairs and actually ran uh, businesses uh, as a general manager. But then I really started to figure it out and, and what made a difference um, you know, to me and why did I show up every day with a big smile on my face? And it was making a difference for the people. And that actually was both to the patients that we serve, but also to the employees of, of Johnson & Johnson. So now it was back in 2010, and that's when I really did start this next phase of my career, really as an education leader to have impact um, at massive scale, and I held you know roles of increasing responsibility across the world. And actually, just prior to this role, I had the pleasure of running um, medtech education, serving both surgeons, physicians, and our sales organization in in building their skills. And with that, you know, this innovation engine of you know doing massive transformation started. And, you know, I was a, a pioneer in uh, looking at new delivery channels around virtual re- reality, augmented reality, gamification, AI-driven performance improvement to help a surgeon skill up faster and in a very safe place. And so with that, you know, you can tell, um, you know, digital transformation was a big part. 
And I'm like, you know, if we're making this amazing difference to the customers that we serve, how are we going to use that technology internally for our own employees? And so no surprise when I was asked to be the, you know, the first head of learning and development and chief learning officer of Johnson & Johnson, it was the quickest decision I ever made. It was, yes, uh, let me have at it. And uh, that was a year ago. And uh, literally in that year, I have been responsible for really launching J&J Learn, uh, a world-class learning and development ecosystem really designed to connect employees you know, around their career navigation, their upskilling, reskilling, mentorships, and that personalized learning um, development that they need to do you know, a great job for the job they're in today, but also to get ready for really that future that uh, we're all striving to lean into. So as I say, I am now in my dream job and couldn't be happier here with you, Josh, to share further what we're doing. Well, that is such a great journey, Sandra. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I could really just feel your passion coming right through and just that quick background. But one thing that really stuck out to me that really rings true is just that passion for people that got you started really in this journey. And that ties in so well with our HR audience, where again, it's people operations with people being at the core. So, I mean, that just makes so much sense to be tied into that. And I think rings really true with our audience. But one thing that I've noticed, certainly since the start of the pandemic and the shift to remote work, that has then led to the great resignation and the great reshuffle has been the shift by so many companies to put employees first and have more of a people first approach. So that leads me to really my first question that I want to dig into with you is the idea of an employee focused learning path. And you touched on that a bit is focusing on really that advancement, putting the employee first and people first, and really thinking about a learning path that is tailored and a bit bespoke toward the employees. So can you explain what does an employee focused learning path look like? Yeah, you know, and it, it absolutely starts where you said, Josh, and you've got to put the learner at the center of everything you do. And that's not easy. You know, we're talking about over 100,000 employees. And actually, you know, prior to us starting this journey and acceleration of this journey, we had over 124 learning organizations all doing their own thing. And so a learner centric approach to that individual was not quite there yet. So you know, we did. We took a, a massive step back and, and did that assessment on, you know, what is our learning looking like and how do we need to think about it differently? And the technology acceleration during COVID allowed us to do a couple of really cutting edge changes. And we brought in AI powered um, opportunity marketplace and obviously, you know, a game changing LXP so that you then start to be able to build the intelligence around, you know, the most important thing in any organization, your people. But again, what we did here is, you know, it, it really starts with the um, self-reflection piece. So within J&J Learn, we really have two sections of it, if you will. One is around, you know, the employee doing like a, a discover of, you know, what's important to them. What are their career interests, their personal values, the skills that they're strong in today, maybe what they want to leverage and use more of, but then also where do they want additional new skills? And then with that, you're starting to build you know, the profile of, of, of an employee, and that really then helps to get that piece that you absolutely said, it's the employee-focused learning paths because you need to know all of that back data so that you can delight your employee. 
And so once um, you know, our J&J employees have been through their discover section, it then starts to prioritize tailored personalized learning and moves them across into the learner experience where you're literally getting the content that you have just self-selected. Now, the beauty of these platforms now, and you know this, and, you know, it's quite amusing in my home life, you know, probably my three favorite apps, you know, is, you know, is probably uh, Amazon, Wayfair, and then then put my TV on there and Netflix. We have that in our consumer life, but we didn't have it in our work life. And what COVID did for all of us is to actually, you know, partner with these game-changing technology companies to bring that inside you know, our companies and now make that available to all. So, you know, my dream of what we've built, the J&J Learn Discover, it's a little bit like your TripAdvisor and career navigation. And then on the flip side, when you get to your learning, it really is the Netflix experience. But with that, there are things that you have selected and chosen and that you really want to go. You know, I love certain types of movies and you know, you turn Netflix on and it's right there and you click on it and you watch it. Um, what we're also finding now is, you know, as people are going into the learning side, you've got what's trending. So those things that are really making a difference to our own employee set, everyone now has um, visibility to it. So I honestly have to tell you, you know, the technology is just making actually our lives easier because the more our employees come in and the more they want to learn, the more information they share the better off is that personalized learning. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think you're so spot on in creating a program that is tailored toward the passions and the interests of employees. What better way to learn, right? I mean, even going back to many of us in, in grade school and coming up, anything you want to learn about that you have a passion for, you're going to be more interested in and more willing to embrace and take in. I love what you mentioned too about creating more of a Netflix experience. It creates something that is more catered and tailored to the actual needs of the customer, but also on demand and accessible and embracing technology the same way that we're embracing technology in the workplace. I could agree with you more, Josh. Well said. Well, thank you. So, Sandra, let me ask, with building a learning program, how soon into an employee's life cycle should employers and HR leaders start thinking about introducing learning and development? Oh, well, that's an easy question for me. At Johnson & Johnson, it starts on day one. Um, you know, as we are a healthcare company, it's just so important as someone enters into our organization, we want them to understand the greater good of what J&J does and our purpose as a company. You know, we live by our credo and our credo values. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, um, a lot of our products are being used by surgeons, physicians, and so the science and the disease states and procedures and, and product expertise is absolutely critical from day one. So, you know, our employees are in deep immersion at the beginning. Also, um, because we are a healthcare company, you know, compliance training is also important to ensure we do the right thing. And then once you've got that base grounding, um, you know, probably over the first, you know, 90 to six months, depending on where you are in the organization, you can then see where your really personalized learning and development journey starts. But, you know, learning and development is just in the culture. It's from day one and it's here throughout your whole career. That's great. And, and as you mentioned, too, you're building that user profile very early on to understand employees' passions and career goals and growth goals, too, and building a path that will really help them along toward that. 
uh, again, going even back to that people first mentality. So in learning and development, so much of what we talk about can be actually fairly broad, right? You could be looking at job specific skills and upskilling in that space, but it could also be long-term skills, leadership skills, soft skills to help build that next batch of great leaders to advance through an organization. As you mentioned, I mean, you've been with Johnson & Johnson for 30 years. There's a point where you can create your next batch of leadership if done correctly. So what are some of those key soft skills that HR leaders and organizational leaders should be looking at and focused on developing within their workforce to really create that next batch of leaders? Yeah, Josh, I'm going to go back to where you started all of this, right? You know, the global pandemic, burnout, social injustice, all of those things have really made us think long and hard about what, you know, leadership is dealing with, right, in in our changing world. And so we've really, you know, maybe mentioned two areas where we've really focused in on, one being around our employee well-being, and the second around all of our D&I initiatives. And what I'm most proud out, you know, proud about with Johnson and Johnson is, you know, that employee well-being. What did we do? You know, we accelerated our our whole offerings, which really focuses again putting the employee at the center around their mission and their purpose. Why did they come to work? Looking at, you know, their mental health and focus, and really importantly, maximizing their energy and energy management so that they can lean in to deliver against their purpose. So we have an amazing uh, asset, which is where I'm based from, our you know, Human Performance Institute, that actually are the experts in this space. And so what were we thinking about, you know, the impact of your energy um, on your work, your relationships at home, your well-being and you know, sense of self, looking at the strategies that can really help you intentionally manage and expand your energy capacity and you know, always be you know high energy at the right time, and you know energy management of you know having the right rest breaks, the right uh, snacks to keep uh, your energy at that right level, and then you know providing the tools and guidance. As you know, many people can go to a program, and in the moment it's great, but how do you ensure that you then follow that through? And one of the things that you know we're very proud of is you know instead of doing thirty-minute meetings, we do twenty-five-minute meetings. We ask our leaders to really think through about, you know, setting boundaries and putting this all into context to bring it through. You know why people stay in companies is because their leaders model these behaviors. So for me, every single day, up, out walking, you know, setting those boundaries and being really clear what it does. So we really do walk the talk of ensuring that well-being is front and center. And then on the second one, right, you know, and this is, you know, obviously a much more delicate conversation around our DNI portfolio, but there is probably a couple of areas where we've really leaned into creating inclusive environments, everyone showing up as their self and having a voice and being able to contribute, and then mitigating, you know, those unconscious biases, right? So We've been really thinking about upskilling people and reskilling around self-awareness, inclusive leadership, equity, diversity, and valuing those diversities. And those two things around well-being, um, you know, DNI, on top of J&J's amazing leadership programs in general, has really served as well in probably the most difficult time any organization is going to go through. And you know, we're trying to keep uh, you know everybody positive and, and moving forward even though lots of different things keep happening around the world. 
Absolutely. And that's putting people at the forefront, which again will help instill just a great culture. And that's what we've seen throughout the pandemic and the days, months, years that have followed and will continue to go. Culture is really what's carrying everyone through and has been the standard that have kept so many organizations going, right? Through so many changes is having that strong culture that breeds the next batch of leaders and also enables workers to stay and employees to stay and want to create long-term careers within an organization. So with that, I mean, we're creating different learning paths. Learning paths don't just apply to individual contributors. There's also learning paths that exist for leadership teams. So how do you differentiate learning paths for those individual contributors, maybe that their first job out of college, to members of the C-suite executives within a leadership team? Yeah, you know, Josh, and I think that's what's most exciting about the path we've been on, right? You know, because first and foremost, uh, the reason why we invested in J&J Learn was really to provide that equitable access to the skills, mentors, personalized learning for all employees. And, you know, that's what we've just unlocked, that opportunity. And as you know, as the technology continues to move forward, you're then going to unlock the internal marketplace, which that's what really excites me, you know, democratizing learning development and then career navigation for all So I fundamentally believe over and and because of the pandemic accelerated all of this, I feel in such a better place that we have got something for everybody. Now, you still do have to think about, you know, that senior leader population, right, that, you know, their jobs have got way more complicated and, you know, the challenges that they're facing. And so, you know, what I would say, we've really leaned into our development framework and that is to being you know, a really critical success for us. It's very simple. And this is maybe one of the nice tips I can uh, you know, give to the you know, HR community. Our framework is a 3E framework. And it's basically education, experience, and exposure. And before you start to think about that as a, an individual plan, you obviously need the insights and reflections to then build your own development plan. And so for our you know, senior leaders, you know, a lot of what they do is they need some different experiences and maybe some different exposure. And so two of the programs that I would just love to highlight that you know, we're very, very proud of is every single new vice president gets to go to an executive orientation. Now, as we've come uh, coming out of COVID, this is an actual live four-day program. And we bring everybody to New Brunswick to our amazing corporate head office. And we get them to meet uh, with every single executive committee and management committee member so that they start to look at um, what's happening, you know, what are the big problems that our senior leadership is working through and the skills that we're thinking about is business organizational agility ensuring our leadership principles are kept and that we're putting at the people at the center of everything we do. So I feel like we have that differentiated piece for our new VPs and they get access to our senior leadership. Yeah, you're creating connection within that senior leadership team, which is so vital, especially in a remote period where so many teams are working either in distributed models, hybrid models, and just under various circumstances when you can have some shared community they're at the top level that, that'll only fortify your business. Yeah, and our CEO and all of the team show up in person, get connected. And I will tell you, you know, you are, I'm always looking at net promoter score as one measure. These programs are in the, the 90 plus, which is way above world class. And so 
extremely proud of how we handhold our new vice presidents. But in addition, probably, um, you know, I mentioned the two programs. The other program is one that it's those leaders who have been identified as potentially becoming our most senior leaders at J&J. And we've created an amazing 15-month journey for them where they have in-person residencies across the globe, team-based action learning, intact team development, you know, literally one-on-one coaching to support them to build their development plan. And then again, that opportunity to engage with many senior leaders and external thought leaders. And probably no surprise for that group, and, you know, always keeping the end game in mind, looking at their entrepreneurial skills, their ecosystem leadership, you know, managing in, uh, you know, our complex environments, transformation approaches, how are they going to disrupt markets, dis- disrupt how work gets done in J&J? And then you can hear from why I said the soft skills, our energy management philosophies are throughout that whole program. So again, the most senior leaders are, are literally seeing how you bring that into the flow of your everyday work. So even in a time of difficulty, um, we did have to take some of this program a little bit more virtual. You know, we're now bringing it all back in person. And um, this is really setting that senior leader population up for long-term success. That's so interesting. The energy management piece too, I know you've touched on it, but that's really interesting because again, you think of just the the overlooked factors in a workday that will then contribute to burnout. And when you can really get out in front of those and put some intentional thought into creating a more efficient um, and healthy workspace at the leadership level, to your point, you practice what you preach, right? If the leaders are embracing that and buying in and instilling that into their teams, that'll have a trickle-down effect and then work its way through the community and really be the examples for the rest of the workplace community too. Yeah, Josh, and I'd just maybe like to add, you know, one piece here, right? You know, over the last couple of years, um, all of us have dealt with really difficult circumstances, right? You know, just because of the environments we were in. And what we realized very quickly, number one, look at yourself first, right? You know, really take that time to reflect on how are you doing and how are you managing your energy? Because you know, as a leader, your energy management is going to impact a team. And if you're in high stress, overdrive, and you don't have the, you know, the right strategic framework or the right thoughts going into your team, you create chaos. So we really um, targeted our director population to really help them Think about themselves. How were they doing? And, you know, literally putting you know, practices in places for them to manage their energy. Now, the beautiful thing, once you've done that, the positive effect immediately on the teams that directly report happens. And now we're starting to think about how do we bring those concepts, not just when a leader comes through the programs, how do you get that high performing team having the conversations together around what are their operating norms and I, I obviously I, I work hard and I play hard um, and you know part of my philosophy is putting those boundaries around myself so that my team know when you know when am I on how am I working I'm taking the time to re-energize and, and reflect do my exercise all of that and that gives everybody permission and maybe another fun fact for you is you know in these times taking that, you know, great vacation. I mean, how many people did not take proper vacations? 
Yeah. And I've been very deliberate saying to my team, look, you need to all take that time out as well to, you know, to recharge. And, you know, this year I'm, I'm very proud that I'll take every single day's vacation. And again, leading from the front, helping my team to, you know, re-energize and um, hopefully that becomes just the way we are coming out of, you know, really difficult pandemic. Well done. Yeah. And that's just having self-awareness and understanding that so many team members are looking to you, if not outwardly saying it, but they're looking to you for guidance uh, and understanding the best way to operate and carry yourself to your point of taking full vacation time, right? If your leaders aren't taking full vacation time and taking care of themselves and prioritizing work-life balance, it's tough to then preach that to your team or ask them to do the same when, when you're not practicing yourself. And now a word from our sponsor. Today's episode of the HR Works podcast is brought to you by Mystery. Some of the fastest growing companies use Mystery to make meaningful connections for employees at work. By breaking down silos and engaging employees, Mystery boosts morale and builds connections within teams, across teams, and with leadership. So why is this important? Because employees who have deeper connections are happier at work, and happier employees lead to higher retention and productivity. Okay, so how do they do it? Using data and insights, Mystery curates virtual events for teams based on their actual interests and goals. By matching the right people with the right events every time, Mystery Events drives an average attendance of 87%. Did you know the industry average is only 50%? Teams must really love Mystery Events. The best part is, Mystery uses connection data to show you how it's working and to make your events even better time after time. So Mystery doesn't just make your employees have a great time. They also provide you with the actionable tools and solutions to continue meeting your engagement goals after each event. With hundreds of quality vetted events, Mystery has something for everyone. Interested? We've got a special for you, the HR Works audience. Two events for the price of one. Head over to trymystery.com slash hrworks today. That's trymystery.com slash hrworks to book your first event and get your second one free. And now back to our episode. One thing you had mentioned that I want to dig into is the idea of growing employees who have potential, that next group of leadership who you could see a long-term opportunity with at a company. And that's, again, so vital, especially in the great resignation and the great reshuffle is identifying talent and finding ways to keep them within a company, keep them for long-term. So what can teams do? And we've all been there, right? We've all had the employee that you could just recognize from the first day they start, hey, there's a lot of potential here and we need to be smart with said person and find more opportunities. So what can employers do when they've identified that person with potential to really set them up for long-term success? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be a little bit like a broken record here because I'm going to go back and say we see all employees have potential, so it's unlocking it all. But I will answer them specifically. Those that you may see getting, you know, to the very senior levels in J&J, and yes, we do identify them early, but it goes back to that grounding principle around our development framework. And I think that, again, has been a real key to our success Every individual is different. We need to understand, you know, their career aspirations, where their strengths are and where they want to grow. And then our job is to fuel the fire, right, to fuel all of that energy and get them moving in the right direction. And it goes back to my three E's. Have they got the right education? Have they got the right training? Are they, you know, trying to upskill in a certain area and, you know, maybe use an example, you know, if they want to start being more, um, you know, a digital innovator, can we then send them and, you know, with our beautiful platform we've just um, launched, 
they can go on gigs, right? And they'll be posted and we can say, you know what, go and do a three-month project helping to do a digital disruption in data science, in, you know, learning, wherever it may be. And so getting that experience, right? Because you can get the head knowledge, but if you don't then apply it and see value and impact, it's really, really, you're really tough. So we will always be linking the head knowledge to an experience, to the pull through, to the application. And then, you know, really importantly is then for those high potentials, and we talked about it a little bit, getting the network and the exposure, but not just to get exposure, but with those meaningful projects or assignments. So the leaders can see this person came in, worked on this agile team. Now we're looking at this result and they've now gained a whole new network of people. And again, I would say um, what Johnson & Johnson has now done is taken that 3E framework and we're starting to digitize it at global scale within the platform because of the two sides of it, the education side being on the learning side and then the experience, the exposure being all on the discover in the platform. You know, as I mentioned, you have gigs and you also have mentor-mentee matching specifically to skills. So intentional uh, relationships to help people accelerate their careers. That's great. And I love that you mentioned the digitizing piece as well. I think that's certainly enabled just distributing information to be so much easier and to reach a wider group, enabling, again, the opportunity to upskill and train and create career learning paths for all employees. And I'm glad you mentioned that every employee does have potential and it's really working with those employees and unlocking that potential. So when you're creating specific employee-focused learning paths, who does that fall to? Is that, and I'm thinking all the way to, again, that individual contributor, all the way up to the mid-management to high management levels within a company, does that fall to the employee to come up with their learning path, the manager, or is it a shared effort to pick that path of finding that passion and unlocking potential? We can have a whole debate on this one, Josh. <laughs> you know, we, we've got time. Let's go. Well, you know, I, you know, and I honestly believe here there is a shared responsibility, right? And it's, you know, it takes it takes both to dance beautifully, right? And I look it at, um, you know, the leadership responsibility is to have the right conversations, right? And this comes back to the personal piece. There is nothing more rewarding in, in my job every single day is having someone coming and saying, Sandra, you know, these are my passions. This is where I want to go. And I can then say, have you connected to? Are you thinking about this? And really helping someone to think about the possibility. But again, it really does need to start with the employee doing all of that reflection and self-reflection. And, you know, in some cases, there's times when somebody's career may want or someone may decide they want their career to accelerate and they want to have more education. They want to do, you know, the, the grow or the gig assignments and accelerate. And then there's maybe times where they go, you know what, I'm in this new role. Great new, you know, great new job. And I really want to get really good at what I'm doing. And so that's going to be my focus. So my answer to whose responsibility it is I think it's shared, but the employee should be absolutely in the driver's seat. And, you know, my job as the chief learning officer here is to really ensure we're giving them the tools. In the past, that was very much a responsibility with the manager. As you can tell, I'm democratizing all of it with what I've shared with you. It's going to make it easier. Certainly. So, you know, now it's getting a little different. You know, if someone wants uh, to have a conversation with me on their career, I've always said, have you gone into your J&J &J Learn Discover? 
Have you done your reflections? Once you've done that, I'd love to hear what you're thinking so I can then help you think through our development framework of the three E's. So actually, this piece is getting easier with the digital transformation that COVID has allowed us. Yeah, and it goes back to communication, I think, between the employee and the manager, understanding what the employee wants and what they'd like to do. But the manager also understanding and getting to know the employee and recognizing opportunities that maybe that employee doesn't know about and bringing those to light as well. I think it's great. Obviously, you want the employee to have control of their own career. That absolutely should be the, the primary objective. But again, that manager can help and can help move them along to that opportunity, but can also identify other opportunities that maybe they hadn't thought about. Say, hey, you should check out this other department, or I've noticed a lot of great skills in this area that might translate well to a role here. Let's set up an overview with this group and see just if you can find any interest or way to help and, and start working with them. I think that's, as you mentioned, just a shared effort. It's a, it's a shared dance to really build and get the most out of the employees. Yeah, and I think Johnson & Johnson is really good at this, Josh. That's that's why I'm still here, right? You know, it's 32 <laughs> years of doing exactly that, you know, looking at myself, my career aspirations. If you actually said to me 32 years ago when I joined J&J, what job do you want? I would have actually told you it was the chief learning officer. Did I dream at that point I would get here? Maybe not, but with all of the networking and, you know, what J&J allows, it seriously is an amazing company to work for and it unlocked all of that potential and my job is to keep doing that. Right, and your job is continue to evolve and take different yeah. shapes and forms and learn new things and I think, again, that's something that very few of us can pick. Here's what I want to be doing 20 years from now mm-hmm. uh, and have a straight line to that. Sometimes it's all different directions to get there and, and again, it's management yeah. teams to really help guide you along and find that next step, but also exploring on your own. So going back to the technology piece a bit, we've really seen the introduction of on-demand, not even just learning, but on-demand information available at our fingertips. But in the learning piece, so much learning has moved to an on-demand model. We used to previously have classes or education sessions. I mean, I can think back to when I had started in my career and you would set aside half of a day of work and go sit in a classroom to get a uh, session on time management or career development classes, various early soft skills. That's changed now. You've now got on-demand learning, but asynchronous learning. So what unique advantage has on-demand learning provided for workers in their learning and development programs? You know, I am a huge believer in blended learning, but I, I will come specifically back to the, you know, the asynchronized component of that anytime, anywhere, right? It's as simple as that, you know, at the learner's discretion. I am a really early riser. So for me, going and doing some learning first thing in the morning is, you know, and I, when I say early in the morning, it's 6.30, right? You know, I'm I'm up, I'm alive. And, you know, I literally, that's my best self. Yeah. And then we have those people at night, the night owls, right? And they want to be getting access on demand, um, you know, in their own time. So I really think this has allowed us, again, to meet the learner where they're at when they have the time. You know, the iPhone, um, you know, specifically for, you know, you know people who are out uh, in the field or in hospitals, they have it literally micro learning on their phone. So when they've got some downtime, it's there. So I honestly think it's given us that flexibility um, and allowed the micro learning, a little bit more of the gamification coming, coming into our learning experiences. And it really has helped that performance improvement and also the um, you know, follow-up and the checks and balances uh, out for those people that really do need good head knowledge. So as I say, I am a, in favor of asynchronous, but I'm in much bigger favor of a blended learning approach because I do think there is a place for all. 
Yeah, and let's dig into that blended approach. Are there any classes or are there any topics that lend themselves better to in-person live learning as opposed to asynchronous? You know, it's a, it's a great question. And, you know, I was you know, sort of think about this one all the time, right? Because it's when you really need application. And it's one of the areas where we have definitely seen an advantage is, you know, our well-being training, p- pulling people away from you know, the business from their office, their home office, and bringing them to an environment that just breathes, put yourself first. And that piece, we've definitely seen advantages of, of having that live. Also, I mentioned, uh, you know, some of our leadership programming, when you really want to get those personal connections at different levels of the organization and start to really build that stronger community, Again, I see that as um, important to have back uh, in person. But again, we're going to stay flexible. Um, I think we've got to be a little bit of chameleons right now. I think on learning groups around the world, we've got to get better at having modular approaches to all of our content so that I see it as a little bit like a recipe, right, where you pull little pieces of each you're putting, again, the learner at the center and you're customizing it and personalizing it. Um, and we dial up at the right time, you know, virtual, bring back at the right time face to face. But uh, as I say, I don't think there is one size fits all here, actually. I think you have to stay agile and flexible in what we're doing. The recipe analogy is so spot on, too. I think that's where where we're going right now with flexible. What is flexible? What is hybrid? Right? What's the right balance of in-person versus virtual? I think very few of us can can deny that when we've had the opportunities to get back in person with our team members, there's a different energy. There's a different connection that just happens. But again, there's so much value to being remote and being able to have that time to work from home and work more toward how you work best. And that goes back to the self-awareness piece too and, and understanding, okay, am I more of a morning person? Can I be more productive in the morning? Maybe I stack more meetings or work time in the morning and then leave the afternoons for more collaborative periods or vice versa. So that flexibility, I think we're all figuring it out. And as you mentioned, just with the recipe, we're adding and subtracting things to find what our best path forward is. And that can be different for different workers and just organizations on the whole. We're, we're learning. I think that's what's been exciting too about the current time we're in is we're all learning and trying things out collectively uh, to find what's the best and most effective path going forward. So what are some of the biggest challenges organizations are facing as they try to put in place learning development efforts? Yeah, you know, our world has changed massively with the pandemic. And, you know, I would say employees are making, you know, really different decisions about their careers and, and mobility. So, you know, as I moved into this role, number one was thinking about our, you know, learning and development strategies have got to align with our company and business priorities. And then putting that learner at the center of all we do, right? So what was important, and I think why I was, um, you know, moved into this role was to bring my business lens and my learning lens and the secret sources when those match. And then you start to, you know, create the beautiful recipes and then customize it for the learning and, and meet our employees, you know, where they are. And that is very tricky. And I think we've all been um, grappling with that. So, you know, maybe just a few you know, key nuggets, you know, we thought really about learner experience, right? Literally making it easy. I've mentioned a few times our development framework, our 3E model, and then never forget 
the reason why people stay in companies is their career navigation and making it easy for them. So how do you get to the transparency and supporting them? And maybe it's as simple as this. Make it easier to learn and grow is sort of the mantra, right? And uh, unlocking that full potential of every employee. So a complicated response, but there's a few nuggets in there that if you do them well, I think you'll make a huge difference to the population and the growth of your company. And that means we're all in a better place. Well, maybe a complicated response, but really the the end goal there is make it easy. <laughs> uh, make it not complicated to learn and to advance within a career. I think that makes perfect sense. All right. So, so Sandra, then what is one thing that HR teams, as they do want to start building learning development programs, and so many HR leaders are listening to this podcast today, what's something that they can put into place immediately to start improving their learning and development programs? Yeah, actually, Josh, I think you just answered that question yourself. All right. If you, if you think <laughs> about learning. what, if you think about what we've been talking about, you know, People and their time is the most important asset for any company. And so if we are able to simplify the learning experience, there was what you just shared with me, that word simplification, that includes the just-in-time, putting the learning in the flow of work, right? When you're doing things that you only do maybe once a year, if it's in the flow of your work, so it's easier, work instruction, maybe the answer, instead of having to do a complex learning, you know, thinking about everything we do, Again, also through those moments that matter. When you get to lead a team, your learning needs just go up, right? So I would say the simplification, learning experience, and keeping the learner, again, at the center of everything we do. That's perfect. All right. So Sandra, looking at just the future of learning development in the workplace, what's something you're excited about coming up? Well, I think I've started to unlock it with um, all of the J&J Learn ecosystem, and that was both you know, bringing an amazing technology in the digital transformation. And, you know, time is right now, right? You know, the learning function is, is changing out of all proportions. And then also changing how we operate, right? So we really did, you know, those two things. And, you know, as I now look into really the next couple of years, um, and I heard it on your podcast actually with Cornerstone uh, around, you know, people were really thinking about 33 percent of jobs are done on the outside if we can only unlock a whole internal talent marketplace that is game changing so i can't wait until all of the artificial intelligence has all that intelligence about every single j and j employee and then we unlock and say these jobs are available and these are the skills and suddenly you're matching your internal matching becomes so much easier. It actually doesn't rely on the people. The AI is helping us to do that. So that would be number one. Number two is around really empowering, delighting our employees because they have access now. We're democratizing everything for everybody. And then the third one is very much supporting our own function, our HR professionals. I think for the first time, because how we're bringing the employee data together And when knowing that more personal piece around skills, aspiration, hey, workforce planning gets easier for the growth of our companies. So I really see it's those three things that, you know, again, we saw in our private lives, but we didn't see in our work life. And it really is now. It's not the future. It's now. And we've just got to really accelerate the execution to to be able to unlock all of this. 
Yeah, that's certainly something to be excited about. Embracing technology, learning how to bring that into the workplace, and really have it work for us. So glad to hear, too, that you're listening to the HR Works episodes. That always makes me happy to hear. But yeah, that idea, too, of finding talent within the organization. You have great talent. Right. You brought them in for a reason. Again, we're here with Sandra Humbles, Global Head of J&J Learn. Sandra, you've shared so much about learning and development in the workplace. But now I want to turn the tables and just learn more about you. So what's something you've learned over the last two years that's made you a better leader? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I have been on a mission uh, throughout my career to make a difference to the patients we serve. But I can honestly tell you, COVID created a whole new paradigm for us all. And, and yes, uh, solving, you know, bigger problems right in the world. And I've always kept um, a couple of things very near and dear to my heart. And I think they have really accelerated during this time of, of pretty much chaos. Um, helping to envision a better future for learning and development and supporting you know, my leaders who work for me, for them to be empowered to make a really, you know, real, real big difference. And so for me, having that right team alongside me really allows you to do amazing things. And I could not be prouder of what this team has managed to do within a year uh, to support our 100,000 J&J employees. So what I have learned or what I have reinforced is having the right team that has the same purpose and mission to make a difference and then just unlocking their potential, removing the barriers for them and letting them go. And I, I brought people from the outside. I brought experts from the inside. I mixed it all up. And I tell you, amazing things have happened in J&J in the last year. That's fantastic. Yeah, supporting the leaders too is such a great concept. So often we look at leaders to support their employees, but when you're focused to be supporting leaders so that they can then support the employees, that's so crucial and great to hear, Sandra. So Sandra, you've mentioned too having a 30-year, over 30-year career with J&J in various capacities. What's been the one piece of advice that you could really lean on and could share with our audience of HR professionals that you feel has made you successful and could pay it forward and maybe help some of our listeners be successful? You know, this this also came from great leaders before me and Johnson and Johnson. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of said, you know, we've been solving really big problems. And I, I was asked to solve a big problem of democratizing learning and development for all. So when I got that assignment, um, you know, the advice I would give to everybody is you've got to go and look outside. You know, I took the time um, to talk to different companies, go and benchmark, go and look at startups, go to universities. Um, I'm still doing it. Um, I'm still you know, out and about really looking at, you know, what is available and how can we really get that, um, you know, next generation of innovation. Once you've done that, your ideas are sparking. And then, the, you know, the piece about that, you've converged to get amazing um, ideas and part of different networks. Then the secret sauce is about setting that audacious, aspirational vision and then getting the right team to run behind you and make it all happen. And that really has been um, something that I am really, really proud of and the advice I would give to anyone. But, you know, when you're given any new big problem, go and look outside first before you start solving. Yeah, learn from your peers. Yep. Just to tie it back into learning and development. There's so much you can learn by just, again, looking around and seeing how other people have done it. Learn from either their mistakes, their successes, and that can oftentimes spark such great inspiration for your way of doing it. Well said. So, Sandra Humbles, before we wrap here today, I just want to give you the opportunity. Do you have anything you'd like to plug for our audience? 
just take time for yourself, right? You know, I've shared a lot of the philosophies around Johnson and Johnson and, and also my own personal philosophies. Um, you know, we've been through a lot of change. Um, you know, it's it's been difficult these last couple of years. And I think if you take the time individually to self-reflect, figure out what your personal purpose is. And I am just so fortunate that my personal purpose matches my company's purpose, making a difference to patients' lives and saving lives, as well as improving performance of all of our Johnson & Johnson employees. When those two things come together, it's magic. And that's why every single day I get up, I live J&J just to make that difference and, and make a difference. And you know, maybe for another time, Josh, we can you know talk about uh, all the game-changing products that save people's lives in the world. So I just encourage you to get to know Johnson and Johnson a little bit more. See what we do in our pharmaceutical space and med tech space. It's amazing company, game-changing products that make a difference to people all around the world. That's great, and we will certainly carve out some time to keep having discussions here, Sandra. This is—it's been great connecting with you. So, if you've listened to a few of our episodes, you may have caught on that I'd like to wrap up my conversations with guests, asking them a fairly simple but but sometimes a challenging question: When you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, what is the one thing that really gets you motivated to start your day? You know, every day I go to work to make a difference to patients' lives. It's as simple as that. I like it. Perfect. Again, that's putting people first. All right. Well, Sandra Humbles, thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. It was great speaking with you, learning so much about the great work you're doing with Johnson & Johnson as part of their learning and development initiatives through such a great career there, but also imparting some wisdom just to our listeners of ways to think about learning and development in the workplace, new innovations they can introduce, and really putting employees first and having that people-first model. A great way to go forward. Well, thank you, Joss. It's just been a delight having this conversation, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, um, Beautiful, beautiful discussion. Thank you. You're welcome. Feelings mutual. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.